Ready, Dave? Welcome to Hey everyone. Don't let's start a podcast. I don't know. What, what, do you, what do you make out of that recording? <laughs> um, so, hey everyone. This, this is the low key intro. <laughs> this is a low key intro for a high key album of crazy songs called Miscellaneous Tea. We're going to finish up Miscellaneous Tea. Uh, I'm so excited because I, I am extremely fond of the, the final songs on this compilation. So let me just put out my cigarette and I'll join you. Okay. Ow, my eye. So look, we're just going to get right into it because there's so much to say and, and you, you know, and the do sh- you and know see the and have things done to us. Yes. Um, I welcome it. And next up is track 12 for, for science. science. There has been a spacecraft sighted Flying high above the sky Sirens declare there's one among us from Venus Volunteers, we need volunteers Soldiers to meet them Have no fear, So I'll say this is one of my favorite songs. <laughs> really? I, didn't, yeah. I did not know that. Um, I don't think I knew it either until I like really <laughs> yeah. dove into research for this. I mm-hmm. was like, I fucking love this song. Yeah. Um, for many reasons. I, I love the musical arrangement. I love the yeah. operatic feel of it. I love movie quality of it. Like, yeah. It reminds me of just a 50s B movie. You get a whole thing in like a minute. <laughs> you get a lot. Yeah, I wish they would write more songs like this. They're like mini plays. Yeah, well, first of all, I, I love any song where they both sing lead at parts. Mm-hmm. I think that's just like fun. I also, it's like, why isn't this like a live staple, right? Like, mm. how fun would that be? That would be awesome. Is it too difficult? I don't know. There, there's a bunch of shows in the 80s where they played it. This next song is a very special song to us. It's about a special kind of bravery that you only find among people who work in the army or the government. And we'd like to dedicate it to our, our boys in blue and our boys in green. This song is called I Will Date the Girl from Venus for Science. But it's just like, this is such a fun, unique song for any band to have. So, but they kind of have ignored it for like a really long time. One dumb note that I have is this song seems like a very um, Zap Brannigan uh, narrator. Because <laughs> yeah. he's like, I'll do the thing that no one oh, yeah, wants totally. to do, but it's just self-serving. Yeah, yeah. So the idea of the song, in case someone for some reason hasn't uh, really thought about it, is that there's a there's a, <laughs> a, a woman from Venus, an alien woman, is going to kill everyone on Earth and... Uh, this brave soldier is <laughs> sacrificing himself, but really it's that he's uh, being a horny guy. Well, I, I have in my notes uh, how mm. how it's about someone willing to die to get laid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we relate to that. Um, well, so, that is evolution. I mean... Oh, that, <laughs> got deep. Got Sorry. Deep. Yeah, it, it is about that. And, and Flansburg introduced it at a show kind of, kind of mocking the the brave boys in blue or whatever in the government or the, the brave people in the government, which, so, I mean, this, this also might be Flansburg being kind of like an 
anti-military kind of thing, which, which you know, like Black Ops kind of went yeah, back to. Possibly. Do you think the Black Ops narrator is like in the same, uh, <laughs> the war that they're fighting is the alien war from this song? I think I, so. I personally don't, but. Well, Dave, you're just you're just not an expert like yeah, I am. I'm not. Yeah, I have in my notes that it is like I said, it's pencil rain esque bombastic mm-hmm. horn synths, like you know, totally. And it's it's very funny. Here's something that I might have wasted some time doing in preparation for the song. Is I'm like, well, this is oh, Jordan, nothing's a waste. <laughs> um, this is kind of a riff on like B movies, right? Like fifties B movies yes. about aliens invading. That's why I like it so. So much. I'm like, oh, I'll watch one. So I watch. That's not a waste. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I watch depends which on which one. I guess. Well, I'll go tell you <laughs> because it kind of was a waste. I watched the girl from Starship Venus. Well, that looks like it's much later. So it's from 76. (laughs) Um, But it was the first one that kept coming up when I was like, movies about a girl from (laughs) Venus. But here's the thing. The girl from Starship Venus is a porno. uh, (laughs) And I say porno to do that kind of antiquated way to say porn. It was called The Sexplorer originally. (laughs) And it's a British British kind of sex comedy. So Mm. it's like a comedy and there's sex scenes, but it is on YouTube in kind of a cut version like <laughs> it's an hour and 20 minutes so i'm like oh those 10 minutes they cut out must be must be you know what it was pretty dumb and it was it was kind of like the girl in it who plays like the venus girl it's basically about uh venus aliens send like a fake human girl to to like research about earth so the whole move i think that plot's happened many times oh sure well it's that's what um in- porno films <laughs> yeah as you call them sure well this is a trailblazer it's a fur picture yeah <laughs> this was like a trailblazer what they call them? it's also what um under the skin is about <laughs> uh. I, you think under the skin is a remake of the girl from star Venus? It, it, they're I haven't, very haven't seen either they're weirdly similar actually <laughs> they have the, like this a similar structure i mean i think it's a it's a rich theme to explore yeah so a lot of the movie you're hearing her voiceover in her head as she's mentally communicating with her leaders She's like, why do they wear clothes? I don't understand. And they're like, we're disgusting. it seems like they're, it's, um, you know, like every, the, the joke is that they're wrong about everything. It's kind of, there's like a Gary Shandling movie that's like this too. Remember where he's an alien who's trying to like find a, a woman to mate with. I'm sorry. Do you not know what I I'm don't. talking about? Oh, um, yeah. He made a movie of the same plot. So this is a well-worn concept. We're kind of getting far from the song, but I just wanted to say, I watched this whole movie. I was going to ask, does this have anything to do with the song? It has a lovely end credit song that does sing about a girl from Venus. And oh. I'll play a clip because why the hell not? It's my show. I can do what I want. Atomic burst of energy appeared in female form. She investigated loving far beyond the human norm. With a bang or two, she started being sexy all around. And her flying saucers never left the ground. Cause she's the girl from Starship Venus. She's arrived from outer space. And she's landed on our planet just to watch the human race. She's got turned on to permissiveness now. Keeps up. There's another movie called Queen of Outer Space that is from the 50s, mm-hmm. and it stars Zsa Gabor, and um, it's about a, a like dictator woman on Venus who is like a yeah. tyrant or whatever. But I think in general, he's more referencing the kind of 
Yeah. I don't think there's a specific reference. I, I was don't trying, think there is either. I was hoping that in watching the girl from Starship Venus, I'd be like, oh my God, this is it. But it's it's too different a plot. It's not she's not like evil. Mm-hmm. No one's there's no war. The only one I thought of when when this came up was Devil Girl from Mars, which is kind of a more oh, popular what's one. What's that one about? It, it's all in the title. <laughs> <laughs> um but I think sure. it's a more well known kind of of that genre of like conquering woman comes to seductive space to, yeah. but evil woman yeah. who's um kind of like simultaneously empowering and depowering for yeah that's what well that's what i found interesting about even the movie because it's like the the girl in it is very charming and funny and and you know but it is like a dumb movie. yeah I, <laughs> I don't know jury's still out on like if those are good or bad for yeah, well, I guess it, the it, cause. <laughs> well, it actually kind of reminded me of the Irving Claw thing we were talking about because mm-hmm. it's it's like a British sex comedy, but it's kind of adorable and silly. Like the jokes right. are like grade school jokes. <laughs> there, there's really nothing t- um, insidious so in maybe, it. So it's just we very used to be silly. Less uptight about sex. I feel like things used to have more of a sense of fun and mm. playfulness to it. Yeah, I feel like the sex comedy as a genre isn't really around anymore. Well, I think because porn on the internet is people are just watching little clips. Mm-hmm. So there's not as much of a need to package the clips in a narrative with jokes. I guess in that's general, a lot of work. Right. For, I guess in general, there used to be much more of a narrative anyway. Yeah. But, but making a whole movie and even putting the effort as bad as the jokes might be. And mostly they're bad. Mm-hmm. And cause I've watched quite a few of these movies <laughs> over my, over my life. It's still effort to make a movie and to have jokes and yeah. try to have some sort of a story. And no one's really watching whole movies like that. Really. Um, I was, I'm a big fan of spider babe. It's the, sp- <laughs> it's the Sam Raimi Spider-Man parody that stars <laughs> Misty Monday. It's actually genuinely kind of fun. And I used to say when me and Dave saw Spider-Man Three, I remember the first one of the first things I said coming out of the theater was like Spider Babe is like a better movie, mm. like on every level, <laughs> like it made more sense. <laughs> well, again, I never had cable, so yeah, Dave missed out. I missed out on a Dave missed out on a lot of fun, stuff. if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but let's talk. Let's go back to this song. Yeah. I, for I, science, what are we talking about? Well, the the title is hilarious. I mean, the the concept of saying you'll you'll do something for science, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you're just doing it for self serving reasons. Let's just say, speak generally, doing it for selfish reasons right. is very funny to me. <laughs> yeah, this is a song about sex, Jordan. No, I'm I want to say it in general reasons because I'm a shy boy. So let's get, we'll give a shout out to Anne Moore, who's the voice mm-hmm. of the woman. And I've always loved her voice in this. As She has a great voice. As far as I understand, she's not like a singer. Like there's nothing about her being a singer. I tried. And by the way, I spent a while trying to do detective work. So. I was like, can I find a clip of Anne Moore? Um, that's not part of this song. And I couldn't find anything, unfortunately. Uh, but that'd be awesome. Huh? Let's all imagine it. But I always love the, the breathiness of how she sings it. Like she's running out of breath. Like, you're so brave. <laughs> I'm so brave. I'll be her love slave. He's so brave. He's so brave. You'll be her love slave forever. Yes! I will date the girl from Venus. They seem to like the same kind of timber of female vocalists. I agree. And it's actually the kind that I like too. It's a, like a very specific kind of thing. I, I like the female vocalists that aren't belting it out like American Idol style. I really like that kind of like an... Yeah, un- nobody likes that. <laughs> well, yeah, some people do. 
the enough people to make them millionaires. But um, what's that good for? But I've always really liked the kind of understated uh, female vocalist. Mm-hmm. I started a band in completely because I liked that and was trying to do that myself with with uh, different different yeah. female well, you singers. Your, you got your Laura Cantrells and your April Marches and your yeah April March. Um, someone I wanted to talk about and in your a, Robin Goldwasser unrelated thing one time. Etc. They all have yeah the kind Robin. Of that. Actually, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah, Robin Goldwasser has that tone too, where it's not. Yeah. It's not. I love her voice. It's not like belting stuff out and being very showy about it. It's kind of like a almost like a robot. Like when you double the voice, mm-hmm. like in this song, it's very robotic sounding. It's very pleasing. Yeah, pleasingly robotic. <laughs> Um, that's, that's the name that's of my George. autobiography. Yeah. <laughs> I beat Dave. Sorry. So I'm a little sleepy. And I am weirdly caffeinated after I had a really long day. Kiss the girl from Venus for Let's get those missiles ready to destroy the universe. Yeah, we can mention how the end is a improvised riff that Flansburg did, which is hilarious. Yeah, I think about that every time I hear it. And sometimes when I'm not listening, to it, <laughs> I'll just sit and think about it. I just hear it. that in my head. Yeah, how perfect a riff is that? I mean, it fits <laughs> the song because what it implies is that he defected, <laughs> right? He defected to the Venus side and he's like, I'll do whatever you say, sweetie. <laughs> right, right. And it's either under his own willpower or maybe not. But that's quite a great improv. I mean, that's that's crazy to me that he did that. It's a good vocal performance in general. It's another exuberant. I'm flyer. so brave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There has been a spacecraft. There sighted. has been a spacecraft sighted. I know when I was first getting into them and I, and I was like 14, 15, this really stood out. And I was yeah. very enthusiastic about singing it to people or, or playing it for people. One or the other. I used to weirdly enough, um, as much as I was like a huge introvert in a lot of ways in, in junior high and high school, I really was fine with singing. They might be giant songs to people like, and I don't mean strangers. Was that your version of picturing your audience naked? Yeah. I was like, Oh, if I can just sing them and they might be giant song, I'll be relaxed. Yeah. That'll win them over. (laughs) Yeah. Remember I read the yearbook signing of someone said, I'll always miss you singing. (laughs) They might be giant songs or whatever. It's like, I did that a lot. And this was one of them because it had Mm. the three different voices. And I used to really, I really tried to sing it distinctly. I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't do it in my natural voice. I was like, here's the Linnell part. I just love the, the visuals and the story that this puts in my brain it's kind of kurt vonnegut too uh, you haven't yeah. you once you told me recently you haven't read much not or a, any kurt vonnegut I, yeah, possibly none um, i'm certainly no expert i've read maybe three books uh but it has that kind of cynical sci-fi yeah. humor like where it's like sci-fi stories but people's like worst qualities like cowardly sure, sure. qualities are kind of front and center like it's not it's not like some weird vision of people where they act well most sci-fi is probably like you know metaphors for those things done Mm -hmm. with the science fiction tip yeah except for um the transformers movies poetry on top of poetry this this is like a special song uh i guess i'm saying that a lot i really do wish they would bring this back live i want a sequel i want this to be be a three-parter like the hotel detective trilogy that's a great idea (laughs) oh my god but I'm almost in a way you don't want to stretch it out too much because it's all in this one song though. Right. I mean, you've got the end of the universe at the end. <laughs> I mean, What's unless someone the end of the universe, unless that's someone stops one. him. Yeah, that's that's true too. That the, the source wall, I thought, right? <laughs> so that's for science. Uh, well, maybe we'll bring it up again in the future. Great song. 
The next song. <laughs> Possibly the greatest song ever recorded. This one always gets in my head. Uh, it's track 13. Uh, it's untitled, but I, I sometimes call it 13. Or maybe I've never done that. <laughs> Let's hear some of it now. What do you think? What do you make out of that recording? I don't know, Rory. I just don't... Some kind of singing. They sound like all kinds of people, right? Yeah. And then it says another child is born in India every time you call this number, right? Yeah, right. Does that make any sense to you? No, it doesn't make no sense. But, and the guy that spoke, I don't know who he is. Yeah. But that's but it doesn't sound like no answering machine, right? I like to call this Gloria's song. Gloria's song? Sure, sure. Gloria, like the Van Morrison song. Uh, maybe that's about her. Yeah. Uh, that wouldn't that happen. But, um, so yeah. So what, what do you make of this song? So there's, they got all kinds of singing. There's... So there's a lot to talk about here, even though it's not technically a song song, um, because this brings us back to dial a song. And I'm sure a lot of people know this, but we'll do the whole spiel just in case. This is an answering machine message because their dial a song, you used to be able to leave messages. Right. That's where the beginning of All Sync Manhattan comes from. Yes. And that's where this comes from. And what it was, what it is, is an accidental message. Okay, this is very, very specific. On miscellaneous tea, after four science, there's this thing. I think like it was your answering machine or something, but oh, they're yeah. talking about dial a song. I don't understand right. it. What is it? Well, uh, for a while, we have a dial song service, which is a phone number you can call and, and hear various songs by us. You know, it's it's just a regular phone machine in in uh, my apartment in Brooklyn, and uh, for a while we weren't getting that many calls, so we actually were taking messages and listening to them, and it'd be people calling up, going, "I know where you live. Don't try to do anything." Oh, that's not that's not that's that's right. wrong. Wait a minute, it's, it's track thirteen. Oh. Right? This woman called up on a conference call with her friend. Recording. They just heard a song. I don't know, Rory. I just saw some kind of singing. So these are real people. people, Yeah, her name is Gloria. And then it says another child. She says our name wrong every way you could possibly say it wrong, actually. They must be giants. Ain't they giants? They should be giants. So so she knows that she's calling you guys up. Well, no, I don't think she realized it was leaving a message. Oh, he's advertising this in the paper you saw. In the village voice. That's Mario Cuomo. That's where the kids clinic, but they. So the woman um, and the man (laughs) on the phone. Uh, did not know they were being recorded, right. which adds a lot to the, <laughs> the the humor of it. So you know that they're being honest. Yeah, yeah. This is like a weird, um, this is like a rear window-esque spying. It's voyeuristic. On, yeah, we're spying on these two people. I mean, there are a lot of different like telephonic things that people don't really do now. The dial phone was a phone machine. And in the beginning, not that many people called it. And it was the only phone I had. So I would leave the messages on just, you know, mostly just to hear people like hang up or, or you know, sometimes you'll be like, that was weird. And then like hang up. It was the beginning of phone machines, but it was also, there was a, they, AT&T had this thing called three-way calling, which was like the uh, sort of the original conference call thing, where if you hit like star seven or something, you could then dial a second number on to join the first number. And so what she did is she called dial a song with a friend and they both listened to it together. And so, so what happened is like I had an unlimited incoming message on my phone because people wouldn't by and large, they would just hang up after two seconds. So there was no need to cut it off. So I just had it on like, you know, just keep on recording, whatever. And so she, you know, the, the song ended 
And then the two of them are just talking to each other. Yeah, so like basically I came home from work one day and like turned this thing on like, you know, like a half hour of messages are on the incoming thing. I'm like, oh my God, like did a million people call? And it was like, nope, just one lady and her friend. Do you think they're a couple? I have no idea, Jordan. I thought they were coworkers, but lately I've been wondering if they're they're an item. <laughs> I ship them. <laughs> a friend? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Her fucking dad? Who fucking knows? No, no, no. Maybe she's the mom? I don't know. Well, anyway, this is the story that we can assume. She has just heard a wacky dial a song song. Which one do you think she heard? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't think it would matter. I think she would have this reaction to any, anything she heard on the phone. I'm thinking that maybe this came after like bread hair or <laughs> or something. <laughs> I find it hard to believe. I can see that. Why do you think he can't be her dad? Because she sounds old. So does he. Well, you know, people still rem- remain the father-daughter relationship when they get old. They both be old. So she says they sound like all kinds of people. <laughs> all so kinds. Trying to think of a dial a song that would sound like all kinds of people. Well, music sounds like all kinds of people, so <laughs> well, I don't know what she's talking about. Confusing the mind kind of sounds like all kinds of people. You know that one, right? Yeah. You can scare a person by confusing his mind. Let's start one step at a time. As you can scare a person by confusing his mind. And you can scare a person by confusing them. That's like one of my favorite songs. But I'm a I'm a weirdo. I like that one. Yeah. Um, so they sound like all kinds of people. So I I I love that TMB W transcribed this. Yeah. Because that actually makes it easy for me to. to well, I was just gonna it. say I can really see her saying that about music. Like, yeah. music sounds like all kinds of people. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't seem to get anything. What's amazing about this track is that so much of what she says has become part of like the They Might Be Giants <laughs> canon yeah. and lore. It's so quotable. Like it's weirdly quotable. That's I mean, true. this kind of brings us back to the feel of the album. which This is, is up there with Frankly My Dear, I Don't Give a Damn. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the guy that spoke, I don't know who he is. Yeah. But that's, but it doesn't sound like no answering machine, right? No, they ain't an answering machine because they're not saying anything. They just. But what does he get? How does he make money on this? Whatever he's advertising in the paper. That's this is the part that don't make no sense. Some kind of singing. <laughs> Some kind. <laughs> that's pretty. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> Again, all music, but okay. So one thing that intrigues. We'll just go in order for the conversation here. So one thing I that is interesting to me. She says she's. She seems to be saying, and by the way, like we don't have all the information, so a lot of this is guesswork. She seems to be saying that the the old dial a song village voice advertisement mm-hmm. claimed that another child is born in India every time you call this number. Mm-hmm. Is that what she's saying, or is she talking about a different thing? What I think she's talking about a different because ad. she says, and then it says another yeah. child is born in India every time you call this number. Right? Does that make any sense to you? So. I find it incredibly funny that <laughs> at some sort of like a bizarre selling point, the idea that another child being born in India was like a thing you want, <laughs> like, so that would, ins- that would like in- give you the incentive to call. Yeah. <laughs> if that's what's really happened, if that's what the ad said, I've always thought that was really funny. I mean, it kind of runs yeah. like a weird, like kids in the hall thing or something. I think it's funny that she mispronounces the band's name 
Yeah. Three times. Why is it so hard for her to get the name right? Yeah, I mean, I guess if she... Three different ways, well, too. You, you Three think she has the ad? In, if she has the ad in front of her, then there's really no excuse. She can mispronounce it once, but three ways... She has the ad in front of her, and she gets it wrong differently each time. I know. It's great. It's really great. Who does that? <laughs> Gloria. I love Gloria. Dave, oh, Gloria. Seems, Dave seems to have problems with Gloria. Gloria frustrates I'm me a bit. I'm on the Gloria. I say Gloria 2020. Like Gloria kind of reminds me of some people I know. Oh, uh, really? So, I, I, Dave, you must be a fan of the, the guy, though, right? He's so tired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's advertising this in the paper, you saw it. In the Village Voice, yeah. They got, that's where the Kiss Clinic, but they give you another number if you want to join it. Then I got uh, intellectuals meet with other intellectuals yeah. to speak another language. Yeah. Oh. They meet at La, Ma- La Masonette restaurant. They give you the price. One thing I tried to find out, she mentioned something that sounds like the Kiss Clinic. I, I was Googling hmm. the hell out of that. I got nothing. I was trying to Google La Masonette restaurant. Hmm. <laughs> you know, she says yeah, yeah. they meet at La Masonette restaurant. They give you the price. I don't know what the hell she's talking about here. I was trying to find out, like, sort of like I did my Doc Sugar Bowl thing. I was like, what's La Masonette restaurant? Maybe I could have tried harder, but I didn't find anything. Not in New York. There was a La Masonette restaurant that I saw was in a different state. It's one of those things where everybody, like, chips in and you get a, a night of dining and entertainment. Yeah. Um, maybe well, Gloria can... and this guy go on stage and right. uh, <laughs> reenact. She can clearly... Her, so her big sticking point, it seems, is that everything in the paper has a reason for being there. Yes, except, except this. A band. It's a number with music. I just don't understand why she's so befuddled by it. Their point of contention, Dave, is why, how does someone make money off of this? Right. Which is a fair question. <laughs> and I think... Uh, does she not know what art is? Maybe she doesn't. <laughs> so, here's, so here's something I wanted to bring it to then. At the end of this, she says, that recording I have on, the new one, did you hear it? I changed it. I took off the intellectuals. I put on the, There May Be Giants. There was a band in the 80s called The Intellectuals. Huh. So is she saying that she was playing this, this guy on the phone? She's like, did you hear this tape? I changed it. It was The Intellectuals. It's very confusing It's to me. confusing because she just mentions... Intellectuals, intellectuals meet with them. other intellectuals. Yeah. This is why I'm, I'm baffled. Mm. But for your sake, I mean, just in case, I'll play a clip of the intellectuals' music. There's, they have an album from 1987. Mm-hmm. That's like right at this time. You say I'm a dream. She wouldn't listen to this. So Dave doesn't think that Gloria would like the band, The Intellectuals. No, now I'm convinced that she accidentally recorded something else with The Intellectuals. Yeah, I don't know. Because when saying I took off The Intellectuals, I put on There May Be Giants, it, it sounds like it's too... Ba- she's referring to both knowingly as bands, but I'm not sure. I have no idea. Um, we, can only, mm. we can only guess at this. One weird thing is that there is music that comes in. Do you know about that, Dave? Yeah, yeah. So I used to That's- think that was background noise. But Reese, but on the Wikipedia, Flansburg says it was actually, he put that on there mm-hmm. from like a sample. I never knew that was something he did. I thought we were just hearing an, a mostly unedited recording. Well, I thought it was music he made. 
Mm, okay. I didn't realize it was music that was pre-recorded of a sample. Do you know what it's... To me, it sounds like the beginning of All Sync Manhattan, that low tone. It does, yeah, a little bit, yeah. Well, he don't make any money, right? No. But that's then he's a nut, right? Does he, do you see any sense to that? There may be giants. That, rec- that recording I have on, the new one, did you hear it? So, yeah, I, I never quite noticed. I never... I thought that was like... Honestly, I thought that was just like, you know... Being in New York City, there's yeah. crap. There's audio noise. There's uh, noise pollution everywhere. Um, it's. I have a line in one of my songs about how I can't fall asleep in <laughs> in Manhattan. It's mm. like too noisy. Like I slept. I used to sleep, you know, in people's dorms during college, and I was like, oh my god, just never. The noise never stops. Like not even for a split second. It's the city that never sleeps. They never shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> but just like you know cars traffic people yelling people smashing bottles on the ground like just every you know the cacophony that's a good word do you like that word dave i love that word but yeah so i i always just assumed that that was some random background noise it's actually kind of shocking to me that they manipulated it in that way and put in the audio there sounds like it's from some kind of classical he he know, talks about what it is on the wiki you you people can look that up uh, oh, if you okay. want to know i'm right, just gonna ask what kind of uh we we speculated on the relationship. If they have a friendship, let's just call it a friendship. Sure. You think these guys are good friends? You think they've known each other a really long time? Did she meet him last <laughs> week? Just calling him and bothering him already? Yeah, I, I always got the sense. I mean, one one thing that's kind of nice about this. I think that's like going to be us in 30 years. <laughs> we'll have, well, we won't remember what They Might Be Giants is. And I'll be like, I found this number <laughs> in my contact for yeah. this dial a song. Um, I've always enjoyed their chemistry. I think they have great <laughs> chemistry. He's very openly, uh, uninterested in what she's talking about, but she's, he- he's hearing her out. I mean, openly he, uninterested. I, I mean, like that. he's, he's there, you know, and the, and the whole conversation is like, it's so, it's like a David Mamet dialogue. It's like the other guy is just going like, yeah, yeah. I don't know, Gloria. Yeah, no, no. Like he, he never says anything besides yeah or no for like the entire time. That's like one of my favorite things ever. That bonus track thing of that woman. Yeah, no, it's it, it's 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 super funny. I mean, it, it it's it's it was truly exceptional. He's 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 letting her get it out, get it out of her system, and she's just like, maybe this guy will help explain it. And mm. I changed it. I took off the intellectuals. I put on there maybe giants. What? Who's they maybe giants? What are you talking about? That's what's on my the phone. There maybe. <clears throat> well, I can't explain it because I don't know what it is. Look in the paper. Don't blame me if the guys are nuts. They don't, they never reach a solution. It's kind of just like Twin Peaks. It's just the mystery. You can't just solve every mystery. And if though. they're lovers, do you think this is foreplay? If they're, I mean, I, they probably cut out a lot of nasty shit. Phone sex. Yeah. Nasty shit. Mm. Something that I, I quote often, I, I would say, is just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's a weird part because he's like distant. He's kind of like far. He's like walking away from the phone. He's like in the other room. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's just like, all right, I'll just let her talk about. You have to imagine she does this all day long. Yeah. We know there's more to it. It was like a 20 minute long message. You know, what's, what's super crazy is that's literally like the first three minutes of a 20 minute phone conversation. Really? I mean, they get so, yeah, they just get so far off. 
I mean, they start they start having a conversation a little bit soon soon after they stop talking about they must be giants. They start having a conversation about like um the person upstairs who's like running a bath like six hours a day and they're and like they're wondering why. And she's it's like such a classic New York conversation. It's like, what kind of person runs a bathtub for six hours in a day? Like, what are they doing? Like, are they washing their clothes? I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. It was just crazy. I have that clip. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, Dave, Dave beat me to it, but I was like on TMBG clock radio, very quick in one of the many different like apps and yeah, things that yeah. they might be giants have like experimented with was a weird uh, desktop app. Uh, I guess it was, it wasn't called an app back then. Desktop feature uh, application called TMBG clock radio. That kind of was just a shuffle mode of yeah. various, they might be giant songs. They might be giants, clock radio. They might be giants, clock radio. It's your friend at work, it's your friend at home, it's your friend when you're all alone. Yes, it's they might be giants, clock Some of them pretty rare, very rare, and only appeared there. And I have a list of the ones that only appeared there. But one one of those was excerpts from this conversation. Yeah, more of this that message. were edited out. So I'll play some clips of those. Once you blessed her out, you Carl had a woman in his building. I don't know if I told you above him that used to move furniture all hours of the night. So he started blasting music, and then she shut up. Oh. But you can't stand the blasting music either. Well, that's not right neither, you know. No, what you could do is play music so you don't hear her water. Nah, I don't want to play a radio if I don't uh, want to listen to it. Well, why don't somebody... You should have told me. I would have put a note under her door when nah, I was... Nah, dear, dear madam, could you please be more careful about the water? One thing I love in the bonus clip that was on TMG Clock Radio, she talks about all the other dial uh, phones that you can get, <laughs> dial of things you could call. She's like, they got dial a stripper, and a girl comes over, and then she's like, you can have someone come over with a lion. <laughs> dial a lion? They cut out some gold, I have to say. Wow. Then she says they've got dial a balloon. <laughs> I know about dial a prayer, not dial a yeah, balloon. Yeah, dial a prayer. They got the craziest things in that paper. Then they got dial a stripper. Yeah? Yeah, they got stripper grams, all kinds of crazy well, things. How the hell you dial a stripper? Dial stripper dances. You dial a stripper, they come right to your house. Really? Yeah, but well, you got to pay for them. Yeah. They come in person? Yeah, they come in person. They have gorilla. They come with a gorilla, or some come with a lion. They've got the craziest things in this paper. Yeah, dial a stripper. There's a few of those. Mm, I don't know. What the hell? I don't think that one is a recording. I think that one is live. And they have a dial a balloon. This is the very... Manhattan, Brooklyn-y kind of yes, track. Yeah, I mean, these yeah. are... these are. She's like an eccentric Manhattan character, really. So, yeah. Uh, so that's track 13. I, honestly, obviously, it's not a song, but it, it's as significant, uh, I think. It is cemented in TMBG lore. Yeah, it's a huge 
deal. I want to say they did an animation once of- Yeah, in the documentary. In the documentary, that's right. So in Gigantic, they animated it. And I remember sitting in the theater being like, that's not what she looks like. It's not what I pictured. It's not what I pictured at all. Yeah. What did did, did did you think that? What did you think? I, well, I yeah, I pictured someone older. She's kind of young. I pictured this biology teacher I had that kind of sounded mm-hmm. like her, and she was her blonde. name was Miss Frumpkin. <laughs> her name. You want to know her name? It was Mrs. Jack. Now, well, everyone made fun of her all the time uh, I feel for that bad name. For her. Uh, she was a bad teacher. Um, Still. I mean, not to get off track, but one time we had to dissect little baby piggies. Mm. And they I don't do that much anymore, do they? No. And uh, I refused to do it. Um, but one of the reasons that I left the room um, is because the class went full on Lord of the Flies oh, and started throwing, throwing them, throwing them at each other, throwing them out the window uh, onto cars and stuff. Wow. The smell in the room was disgusting. How could she let that happen? Because she sat at her desk and was like reading a magazine. Okay. So don't worry about making fun of her name. She was not a good teacher. I guess I, um, don't, I but, won't. But that was, <laughs> but that was crazy. Uh, and I remember standing in the hallway for like 30, 40 minutes being like, it's, I've never seen my classmates lose their minds like wow. that. It was actually disturbing. It's, it's kind of like the Stanford prison experiment. Yeah. <laughs> so that's um, who you picture for Gloria? I picture this like kind of a, a heavier yeah. woman with blonde hair hmm. and kind of like red lipstick and yeah, the one in Gigantic. I just it did not connect. I did not connect with it. I have to say, I like how the one in Gigantic looks. You're free. You're free to do that. Yeah, I'd ask her. The out. guy seems about right. I yeah. kind of imagine yes. maybe more of a. a I, I guess I imagine two like like heavier older people, yeah. maybe with different hair. But it, it works. It works for me. So the next track on Miscellaneous Tea, which I know was was kind of a disappointment to my young ears mm-hmm. <laughs> whenever I'd, you know, get a new album and one of the tracks is something you've, you've mostly kind of heard already. Mm-hmm. But the next track is She Was a Hotel Detective, per- parenthetical, <laughs> single mix and parenthetical. She was a Hotel Detective single remix. Now, what a couple of sellouts yeah. making this song for the ma- remixing it for the masses, right? Why this one again? Yeah, weird single choice. Um, we're not going to talk. Me and Dave talked about this before recording. We don't really add infinitum. Yeah, we don't want to like talk too much about the remix stuff. Yeah, one thing I'll say about this song, um, as I said in the last part, because I never had miscellaneous tea. Yeah, I think this is maybe one song I've never heard before. Which is kind of crazy. That, yeah, that is a little crazy. Um, I mean, though you you would have heard it on yeah. the music video, um, but when you're watching a music right. video, you're not your ears aren't as tuned into the audio. You're kind of like watching it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so there's not much of a difference. There's some no. It's so to point out. I, I quite like the intro. I'll say that. I, I like. I was gonna say that too. Oh, okay, good. That's why we have friends. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it adds a lot, actually. And geographical convenience. <laughs> yeah, we live one <laughs> block from each other. It's like a buildup. Mm-hmm. It makes the song more exciting, I think. Yeah. I like the little extra saxophone. Yeah. 
I like it too because it's a little it it adds that film noir feel. It's like yeah. a lonely saxophone kind of in an alleyway is what I Hell, I like the extra reverb. Yeah, the extra reverb on the voice doesn't bother throughout. Me. I mean, so that's I guess we should say that's the main difference. Yeah. Our main noticeable difference. There might be subtle EQ changes in mm-hmm. the uh, the other instruments, but what really jumps out is the the it's a bigger reverb yeah. and it works. It, fits. it totally works for the song because it's a it's a weird crazy song anyway so why not push it yeah <laughs> push it real good it's probably a track that i've skipped a handful of times because i'm like i want to listen to miscellaneous tea not the first album but I, you know, I'm glad it's there. I like being completist, so. Yeah, and the ending is different, too. There's another laugh. I've never noticed that until rechecking it right now. Yeah, well, I so, never noticed it because I don't, I don't think I've heard it much. Yeah, so there's, there's, there's another Flansburg laughing. Yeah. And it, it, again, I think it totally works. It's fine, but. There's certainly remixes that ruin something you liked about a song, but this one just... Oh no, more laughter, please. Yeah, this one kind of pushes what's good about the song, which is that it's a weird atmospheric film noir kind of song. I wonder when you know how many laughs is too many laughs. That's where I want to know you. <laughs> you know, one thing we've never talked about, I'm looking at the, cre- I'm trying to find the credits to see if anyone special added to this remix, but I don't see anything. But the the extra vocals on Hotel Detective being someone named Peter Thompson. What? What are the extra vocals? It's kind of a, I always assumed it was Linnell hmm. going like hotel detective. Oh, weird. So we tried looking up Peter Thompson, uh, nothing comes up. So this is, this is a TMBG mystery that we're going to, I'm going to maybe try to look into, but anyway, um, that's the hotel detective remix. Uh, I, we both like it. Not huge fan of, you know, taking up a, tr- a precious track. When, precious, precious when track. Between you and me, like we knew, we know they had more songs mm. that were left off stuff. I mean, not that this is a compilation of stuff left off stuff, but I always, I'm always like, give us the goods, you know? Right. Uh, but anyway, let's move on to the next song, which is the, the famous. famous Polka. Polka. Every time Jordan looks at me, I just assume he wants me to say the title with him. I do. One thing that's always struck me about this song is uh, Lonel's accordion playing and how... Yeah, it's like, who knew? (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't show off too much accordion-wise in songs, but it's a real virtuoso performance. It's really, really fast. It's Uh, insane. You don't expect him to kind of pull that out of nowhere that often. I mean, it's like when a guitar player can all of a sudden shred a solo out. Yeah, this brings up a good topic, which is sometimes I wonder, like, 
how good is Linnell at playing like piano or keyboard or whatever, right? I, I think, you know, it's funny. This reminds me, I didn't expect to talk about this, but when I used to read more like guitar magazines and stuff, there's an interview with Rivers Cuomo, <laughs> um, you know, and I would just read interviews with anybody who was like guitar player back then yeah. trying to learn the instrument. And he, if you remember, he had that album where he only played, it's a green album, I think, where he played solos and they were all the melody of the song on every single track. Me and track. Dave <laughs> talked about this really quickly. Um, when that album, I used to like Weezer. Oh, sure. Quite a lot. Well, I like their first the two albums. The songs on that much. album are fine yeah. songs. Uh, one day, me and Dave got together, and I, I don't know if someone pointed it out to us, but we were like, you notice that every guitar solo on this album is just a bland doing a, like the melody of the verse or chorus. Well, that was the last Weezer album I bought. And honestly, <laughs> and we once we went through every, do you remember this? Yeah. We went through every song. I'm pretty sure I said it because I really mm. got annoyed by it. And we, we skipped forward like a minute and a half <laughs> and this without fail. And I was at, when we got to like the 11th or 12th track, I was like, Oh my God, that's like the yeah. laziest, stupidest crap. Um, so what was your, what's your point well, about but that? In any event, so someone, you may remember me telling you that someone that interviewed him asked him about that. And he yeah, was I like, do remember this he, too. They're saying, why is every solo just the vocal melody? And he said he didn't um, realize it. Yeah, he said he's like, oh, I didn't really, you know, think about that or whatever. But Could if you, you not think... But he said, if you, but if you put a gun to my head, I can like shred, you know? Hmm. So I thought about that and then kind of lost interest in Weezer a bit after that. But I remember here and there, there'd be a single and on the next album, he was doing that. He was just shredding and showing all of his guitar. And I think from that moment on, he was doing a lot more soloing and guitar stuff. My point being, I wonder if you put Linnell in that situation, how much he would be dazzling us with his... virtuosity yeah because it's hard to tell like i always thought the piano on world's address was fairly elaborate mm-hmm. and i always thought obviously dead which we'll talk about a lot um, the new one miss bluebeard the piano impressed me a lot he mentioned he talked about that a little bit in an oh, interview really? um yeah but they do he doesn't lie i think he talked about it being heavily programmed hmm. but then they started doing it live and i remember being like whoa can he do it again and, going yeah. back to our uh topic of playing and singing something different i can't imagine doing that and famous polka is like yeah it's it's him really busting out the accordion and the thing is about i was going to say this about the shredding idea mm-hmm. so it's like they might be giant songs don't really lend themselves or at least the 80s ones we'll say mm-hmm. don't really lend themselves to a you know crazy elaborate complex musical parts because what they strive for is melody and the structure altogether yeah and yeah, yeah being very organized and what happens the more notes you put in mm-hmm. the less melody you'll get mm-hmm. because this happened to me why i did a music assignment once and it was like they just needed a 30 second theme and the first ver- and it was a guitar solo too and the first version i sent them the guy wrote back to me and he was just like there's too many notes can you simplify it and at first i was like an- amadeus <laughs> at first i was annoyed because that's always my first first i was annoyed <laughs> i was petrified I, that's always my first reaction when i get someone wanting me to change something but that's just but then i get over it and then i i did what he asked and i was like this is so much better yeah. it's now you can actually remember the melody very quickly um, hearing it only once or twice. Whereas before it was like, 
going all zigzagging all around. And uh, so that's what happens with, with they might be giant songs is they're striving to get in your head. And if you keep, if you keep adding all these little, little notes that bridge all the other little notes together, you, you lose that immediate, immediate. We talked about if everything is, uh, if everything is a single, nothing is a single. So if everything is a blazing solo, yeah, if every note stand out. Yeah. If every note is like the star of the show, (laughs) <laughs> it just depends what you're going for, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm listening to a Metallica song. I want to hear Kirk Hammett rip some solos <laughs> and, you know, I mean, they, but they combine stuff with like melodies in the choruses Oswell. Oswell. Oswell that ends well. First of all, I, I always love hearing Flansburg playing like riffs and single notes mm-hmm. on the guitar. So I love that while Linnell's doing his thing, you hear Flansburg going like, yeah. He has a really good lead riff as well. I mean, it's a little undercut by how great Tom Linnell's stuff is. Yeah, Flansburg's doing some guitar solo stuff. Live, he really, it's really like loose and crazy and and insane. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. John Flansburg's favorite part of the show. And I think we should also talk about the fact that it's like a polka song. Like it's a, because right. we talked about how it's like people see the accordion as this joke. Yeah. Um, where, when in fact. You call my dad a joke. When in fact, when they might be giants use the accordion, it's most of the time, almost all of the time, it's, it's used as a kind of like a nice yeah, sound. Sweet, a sweet, sound. nice sound. And, and no, it's not klezmer music. Yeah. <laughs> and, but this is the one time where it's, debatably used for some sort of a comedic effect. If right. you find polka inherently funny, which I don't know. I, and what's so funny about it? I don't know. I, you know, there is a, an aspect it's pretty to pretty complicated musically. Oh, sure. But the rhythmically, I mean, there is an aspect where it's like, I feel like it's just like it wants you to smile, you know, I guess. just wants you to like jump around and be happy. It's just that kind of music, you know what I, I mean? Yeah, but I don't think it should be the subject of ridicule, Jordan. No, I think, I feel like people, even people who are really into polka music, like I think they're, like like polka players or mm-hmm. right polka music players i think they are into it because it's fun and joyful joyful is a good, mm-hmm. good word for it um so they might be giants kind of busting out a polka is like as close to like territory of you know funny novelty thing yeah. i think as they've come while the lyrics are kind of funny they're they're still they might be giants lyrics Definitely. Uh, right Do you want to talk a little bit about that kind of Looney Tunes uh, Yeah, what is that? Like a clarinet or something? (laughs) Very Looney Tunes. Honestly, to me, it's almost too comedic. Hmm. Like it's, it almost kind of breaks that, that, that thing. It it like kind of crosses that line into like, okay, this is like a joke. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, maybe. This is just too silly for me. Like even for science, it doesn't for some reason, but well, for science, it's a beautiful song. Yeah, that's true. But like, for some reason, that that instrument doing that is like, wow, this is this is like a parody more than it is like a pastiche. It gets there, but I'll still accept it. Like, I still love the song. I mean, in terms of opinions, I've always 
I was everyone's got one. Everyone's <laughs> yeah. Um, I've always been enthusiastic about this song. I always used to play it for people because of mainly because of that accordion playing. Can you play that on accordion? Here's my theory about what what his hands are Just doing. Just answer the question. Um, so I <laughs> I can play the Particle Man riff. And I have a YouTube video of me doing that from a long time can ago. Can you play this song? I can play, um, so Linnell's House of Mayors riff on accordion. It's Processional is the mm -hmm. name of it. I think number seven or something. It's like I can do that, though I mess up a hell of a lot. But you know, I'm going to assume since you didn't answer twice that you can't. No. So what I'm saying is, I have a strong feeling that what Linnell's fingers are doing is that they are kind of falling in a in a pattern. There, this is hard to explain, but I'll briefly say just that I think the finger pattern is kind of like a fluid thing. So it's not it's not all over the accordion. Like mm -hmm. I can see it being kind of doable if you practice enough, because it's like it's kind of going all in a row and backwards. You know I, what I mean? I think that means our uh, arpeggio. I think you're... Yeah, kind of, kind of like an arpeggio. And it's not like, I don't think there's any crazy leaps happening, mm -hmm. but it is super fast. I mean, that's it's hard. It would still be hard to not mess that up I'm on, not on my end. I'm not begrudging you if you couldn't. I'm oh, I don't, I don't think I can. I don't, I don't know that much about your accordion prowess. It's not that good, but there's a couple <laughs> songs that I would practice many, it's many... better than mine. Actually, I have a song... You might remember, I have an accordion instrumental that I called Pumpkin Pirate uh, <laughs> that I did not name exactly. Someone sort of yelled it out and I said, okay, that's a name. Well, you're letting other people name yourself. I said, does anyone want to name this song? Yeah. And uh, someone we knew at the time yelled out Totally Pirate and I misheard her as saying Pumpkin Pirate and that became the title. Um, but anyway... I have a song that has that kind of accordion playing in it where it's... And the only reason I could do it and it looks impressive, I'll give you that. And maybe it is. But the only reason I can do it is because it kind of falls into a fluid motion of my fingers, kind of naturally, but just super fast. Okay. I mean, that's an answer. That's a long way to answer the question that I probably can't do it. <laughs> So I always thought they said way, mm -hmm. hey and way, but the, the lyrics here say wait. I heard wait. That's weird. Mm. <laughs> hey, because you got to wait. You got to wait for, for something. I, so I always thought Flansburg's guitar, little guitar riff there is very like queen sounding. Mm -hmm. Is that, does that sound like queen to you? It's, it's weirdly um, dry. Like I like that about it. Mm -hmm. Like there's no reverb or anything. Like if you're doing a blazing guitar solo, you add a little reverb to it. So it sounds more blazing and epic, mm -hmm. but him going, it, the guitar going, it's very small sounding yeah, and yeah. kind of funny, but I feel like queen kind of does that too a little, or, sure, or maybe little it's bit. like kind of the, the riff itself is more like that. Well, I think that kind of older uh, classic rock sound is a little bit more understated. It 
it's more infamous as a live song, yeah. really. So the studio version is almost kind of like its weird own little thing mm-hmm. at this point. Um, something I did notice, so they, they never do the lyrics live. Almost never. Yeah. Almost never. I, I heard a couple of But we, me and Dave have been going through their older shows and there's a lot of Flansburg doing, singing the lyrics live. And I, it's funny because what he said is, they stopped doing that because he'd be just out of breath, hmm. <laughs> out of breath by the end of it, which I totally you can kind of hear. It's like back back then they were really tearing up the stage. Mm-hmm. Like Flansburg was like running like all around, going crazy, rolling on the floor, you hmm. know. And that song was no exception. And you know, there's some live performances where I'm like, wow, I can't believe he managed to sing that that one part. It's kind of a shame because I like the vocals. I like the yeah, lyrics a lot. I love the lyrics. So we can talk about the lyrics. They're very uh, few, but they're, again, a lot to talk about there, I think. So we'll just, we'll go through the lyrics. There's just one verse, yeah. but it says a lot. Yeah, I love, um, we have another reference to phones again. Do you ever think about that? There's a lot of phone references. And yeah. the, fo- the phone always being attached to heartbreak, though, too. Oh, well, like a woman's voice yeah. on the telephone. Yeah. Oh, sure, sure, sure. And the Anna Ng voice sure, over sure. the telephone. Yeah, and yeah. This is the yeah. phone inside a rib cage, which is, I just assume, an analogy for the heart. I'll drown your answering machine or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. I wonder why there's that connection there. I guess a lot of phones in the eighties. I guess. There, I guess it was just there was just sort of the primary means of communication outside yeah. of face to face, which sounds like an obvious statement, but. If you think about it compared to today. Well, heartbreak in text not, doesn't really have as much of an impact, I think. Yeah, um, I, I think that's, that's, that is interesting. It really was the only, I mean, there was letters. <laughs> and there, But there is a lot of stuff about like love letters and, right, you know, yeah. like in old movies and stuff. Yeah. It's all like, I, well, they got a letter. <laughs> but the phone revolution or whatever the hell. But then, yeah, they specifically seem to really like referencing that. They must have had some traumatic phone conversations. Yeah, I think so. Um, but the, the topic of the song is like celebrity stalking. Yeah, yeah. Which is a really a interesting topic in general. I mean, we could go on about... <laughs> about all the celebrities you've stalked. I was with uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal today on, mm. a, uh, on the extra shoot that I did. There you go. But um, so the famous person wears the same size water skis as me. She's, do I need to say it? You know the lyrics. Yeah. But the, the idea, obviously, is that... Um, a man reaching for some kind of connection <laughs> that just is not there. Exactly. A delusional yeah. man. Yeah, a delusional guy who just wants to connect with this famous person. Yeah. And so they're finding the smallest things in common <laughs> right. to do so. Which, which by really the funny. way, we can relate to just for not famous people that we will have a crush on. It's like, oh, hey, you like cereal? Hey, me too. Hey, I'm a Let's cereal go out. guy. <laughs> There's a place that has cereal, Sea uh, Town or whatever. So I, I've always liked that aspect of the lyrics. She's got three cars as many years <laughs> I've lived in this city. Now that's a stretch. That's a good math problem. Yeah, that's three, a logic problem. The answer to the problem is three. <laughs> so I just helped you out there. But uh, 
Yeah, that, that that's a great line because that doesn't even go towards a coincidence. That's just <laughs> nothing. <Yeah. laughs> There's like no content to that. Uh. Well, it's funny because I think on a deeper level, it still relates to that very human need for the connection it's still yeah it's it's very funny the way they do it but it's also kind of tragic it's the saddest song it's really sad and it's very consistent with a lot of their themes uh lyrically especially on lincoln yeah the song it's just like a pitiful song which is funny because it has these exuberant (laughs) polka music under it yeah that is true yeah her hair is blonde and mine is brown they both start with a b i'll give them that one yeah (laughs) (laughs) i think it's meant i think it's meant to be yeah but when the phone inside her rib cage rings it's not for me uh, a little factoid this the original name of the song was the phone inside mm-hmm. her rib cage polka which is a long title right <laughs> it's I, again they their titles used to be way longer and more complicated than they end up being because the famous polka just rolls off the tongue better and it's a good kind of double entendre too because it's like about a famous person subject wise but it's kind of like I don't know. Maybe they were hoping it would. Like, oh, sure. Be their like own the song famous, would be. Their, this is our staple. Of, this is our famous polka. That's yeah. really funny. Yeah, exactly. Just saw that now. By the yeah, way. no, that's like a good point. Um, I'm not gonna say I was really thinking about it that hard. Yeah, no, I I have thought of that in the past. Probably, it's just like a. It's a sad, lonely, obsessive song, and it's like it's a character in the song that's certainly. It's not like you are rooting for for him, but you're pitying him. You mm. know, it's like a sad state of affairs that's happening. So the famous polka uh, on our famous podcast and the next song that we're up to is track 16. And Dave, I think you should say the name of it. When it rains, it snows. Oh. There's a knock at the door that I adore. There's a face at the window, a smiling yellow face. There's a knock at the door, and if I were at home, they'd find me there. There's a note on the door that I would see, and the furniture's barely been moved from where it was. There's a note on Yeah, when it rains, it snows. Um, I'll start. I'll say this is like one of my all-time favorite songs ever. 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 Uh, especially they might be giant songs. But is it a top five song? Or did it, we take up all those slots already? We might have taken up all the slots, but it's really up there. It's really, really, really up there. I'll say right off the bat, it's a good bet Linnell wrote this mm-hmm. because he, he, the demo version is all Linnell. It's like Linnell yeah, yeah. and a keyboard and Linnell singing it. We'll talk about that when we talk about the demos, though. So maybe Linnell wrote it, but it does seem like Flansburg, Flansbergian <laughs> to me. Mm. But in any case, this is like one of my all-time favorite songs. Should have been on an album. Should have, yeah, this would would this not fit and like kind of in that section on every out al- they might be giants album they have where there's like four or five small mm-hmm. short songs kind of ending the album in like a unsettling way <laughs> often this would be this to me would sound perfect at towards the end of an album i think just too many good songs though what are you gonna do well i love uh this is one of my favorite songs as well oh my god i don't think it's a big twins yeah yeah i'd say in general it's a kind of falls under the umbrella of the uh scary unsettling they might be giant yeah musically it's a little scary lyrically yeah it's It's a waltz right yes is it (laughs) i don't want i'm afraid to say stuff about time signatures one two three one two three one, two, three. Which is inherently creepy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because who waltzes anymore? It's, Only rich kings that get murdered at ball balls. 
when ball you, balls. When you there's certainly waltz song like songs in waltz time that you might not even notice they're in waltz time. Like they can, can be you more, name some? They can be more modern songs off the top of my head. But um, when you when you uh, emphasize it like that, like it does sound very old fashioned in yeah. a kind of creepy, the shining right. kind of way. Um, musically it's yeah. Flansburg's kind of softly singing, mm-hmm. you know, it's whispering a warning. It's a scary song, but it's not, not in the grotesque sense of mm-hmm. fear comes in many forms, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's always been one of my favorites explicitly because it's so unsettling and scary and, and I guess like maybe someone hearing it out of context, maybe this is funny. I, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know at this point what the hell people think of They Might Be Giants that aren't me. We can go through the lyrics. I think anytime there's a knock at the door is scary. <laughs> the thing that's creepy about this song is is like the things not being specified. Like there's a knock at the door. Mm-hmm. There's someone there. There's so, like, it's just, there's something very um, withholding in the lyrics. Mm-hmm. You're not getting the whole story, but you kind of are, <laughs> I guess, if you look at it a certain way. But yeah, there's a knock at the door that I adore. There's, <laughs> I know this line must creep Dave out. <laughs> there's a face at the well, window, yeah. a smiling yellow face. I have that in my notes expressly. Yeah, it's okay. Give, lay it on me. I want you to lay it on me. What do you think that is? I think it, I just imagine what it sounds like. Which is like I'm a sure jaundiced what, face? Oh no, that's not. <laughs> that's a smiling yellow face. I imagine, or is it literally a smiley face? I imagine a smile, a man, a smiley yeah. face man. But the yellow, I think, is what's like. Well, it's yellow. The smiley face is yellow. So you just see it as a straightforward. I kind of see like a like face. a mailman. <laughs> I always pictured kind of like a mailman outfit and a big like mm-hmm. yellow button smiley face, like cartoon. Okay. Um, kind of you know, like the Watchmen thing, right. um, just on top of a, a mailman or something. <laughs> I picture either. A, you don't have to take what I'm saying as <laughs> what is happening though. I picture either someone like wearing a smiley face mask, which I think is horrifying, like, like a pur like the purge yeah. or something. Okay, yeah. Or just someone who's like, I don't know, a serial killer, someone smiling, but their face is kind of yellowed. So that's jaundiced. something I've never imagined for the song, and that's very terrifying. Yeah, well, that's why it's a scary song. Um, <laughs> yeah, and also that ambiguity, I guess, could is adds to it. So there's a knock at the door, and if I were at home, they'd find me there. <laughs> Probably the scariest way to say <laughs> that you're not at home for whatever <laughs> reason, right? There's something about the lyrics in this song, it's all about just kind of like what you're not seeing yeah. and the absence of, of things that should be there. So then it goes, there's a note on the door that I would see. So he's not seeing the note. Mm-hmm. This is why I think it's like a mailman. He's like <laughs> leaving the, or UPS man. He's like leaving a slip on the door. Um, I think, I, you know, he's getting some weight to my view of it. Sure. The smiley mailman. So here's the, here's the key line for me. And the furniture's barely been moved yeah, from where it was. We've talked about this. We've talked about this because this is this is like A plus writing <laughs> in my view. A plus um horror writing. Saying the furniture's barely been moved from where it was is is not a comfort. <laughs> no. You don't want to go home and be like realize oh, the furniture's, furniture's been barely moved. Barely moved. <laughs> Exactly. You get what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's, I feel like that's self-explanatory almost, but just the idea that something is slightly askew. Mm-hmm. Something's been happening. Not in slightly scary. It's extremely scary. Yeah. So someone's been at the narrator's home. The narrator isn't home. Someone has moved things around. There's a note on the door. And, and so that note is 
a play on uh, when it rains, it pours. When it rains, it pours. Uh, so here's here's the big here's the big headline here for for me is this ties to um, I guess this would go to Linnell writing it, but um, this ties to like nothing's going to change my clothes. The use of snow as a death imagery, mm-hmm. right? So here's here's the thing about this song is uh, when it rains, it pours means that when bad stuff happens a lot of bad stuff happens, mm-hmm. right? Like that's the, that's yes. the, what that means. You don't have a little trickle of rain. You have a deluge, deluge, De- deluge. And um, the idea, like, you know, people like, you notice like celebrities die in threes. Mm-hmm. Like, like yeah. I do notice bad luck does seem to pile on. I notice like, sure. When, when I don't I'm, think it's in threes, but I think it is uh, abundant. But it's like, I notice that when I'm having a bad week, it's like a lot of stuff just keeps happening and drives well, driving part me crazy. Of that is because it puts you in a mindset where you're sure receptive to feeling a bad way. I think it's because God hates me. I think that's the second reason. When it rains, it snows. When it rains, it snows. I wonder why. And now I know that when. So saying when it rains, it snows is saying not only when bad things are happening, it's really bad. But something totally. Something that freezes you to death. (laughs) Saying that you're a snowman with protective rubber skin. Mm -hmm. The idea of the snow being like this cold, totally dead, you know, version of a human that's not alive. I I really think that's the key to like the wordplay in the Mm -hmm. chorus. I, I, I would bet a lot that that's what they're going for. So if you're first getting into the band, it might seem like maybe a obvious play on words or, or turn of a phrase, but there's a lot more behind it. There's a lot of reasoning and rationale behind it. So it's not just saying like, well, what can I say instead of rain? Yeah. Oh, snow. That's another weather thing. There's a reason for it. it uh, there's a coldness. There's a yeah, sinister the, quality to it. And it's like, yeah, it's like thematic of, right. of the band and the, the snowman on their first album, the vinyl and all that stuff. I love it. Before going forward with the lyrics, you can talk more about the music yeah. uh, to break things up a little. Fans might know, you know, that it's the hi-hat is played by Flansburg <laughs> and Bill Krause together because I don't think either of them are drummers. <laughs> so they needed someone to open the hi-hat and someone to, to you know, play the hi-hat, like mm-hmm. hit it with, I guess, a brush or a stick or something. Mm-hmm. I have to say the couple times I've been behind a drum set, it's like really complicated figuring out how the hell to work the hi-hat. And yeah. Do you have that problem? Um, I have a bigger problem just coordinating everything together. Yeah. If I did maybe just the hi-hat, it'd be fine. But I always say like, I can do two things at once pretty well. Three things, forget it. And drumming is at least three things at once. Yeah. I think I've tried to do the when it rains, it snows hi-hat part. And I just can't do it because it's just... It's yeah. hard to coordinate that. So that's, I always thought that was kind of funny and relatable. <laughs> well, I have much respect for great drummers. Oh, yeah. Like Flansburg and Bill Krause together. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're the best drummer, I think, in history. Like peanut butter and jelly. Just being the two of them. And also, I think it being a real hi-hat is notable. It's important. Because they could have easily... I think they could have done that on a drum machine. And it would have been kind of like the beginning of... Uh, nothing's going to change my clothes. That's right. like, but imagine that slower. It'd be like, but I think it, it needed that sloppiness a little bit to it. And a little bit of the warmth too. Yeah. It needed, cause the song, 
I mean, one thing about the song also, the instrumentation, it's, 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 you hear that huge accordion bass. So the bass is the buttons on the accordion. Mm-hmm. And some of you might not realize that hearing the song, but like the accordion buttons have a really unique sound. And something that they had said was that was originally the bass in She's an Angel, like the synth bass in She's an Angel. That's just doom, mm-hmm. doom. That was a placeholder. Hmm. And they meant to replace it with real accordion bass, which would have given that song maybe a warmer sound too. Uh, though it's, a, it's kind of a warm song anyway. I'll, I'll give it that. So here you get to hear what that sounds like. And it, it has like this weight to it, you know, because the accordion is like you're, you're squeezing air. And it's one thing when you're on the one side with the keys and it's a little lighter sounding, but the bass buttons have this like, it's just like a beastly kind mm. of snoring, kind of heavy breathing quality yes. to it. And it really, it really helps this song sound the way it does. Also similar to how um, I'll Sink Manhattan had that. Yeah, the breathy, uh, the breathy feel. That, that stepping on your neck feel. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other thing I want to talk about, uh, something I think I've talked to you about before, is the harmonies in this song. Oh my God. Again, you have a very distinct, uh, not really a harmony more of a counter melody as we've talked about it's, a, it's an two elaborate yeah. yeah they're and they're all good like yeah. i i'll so sometimes i'll mix which is which because i'm so obsessed with these harmonies and it's a three-parter at the end mm-hmm. so so let's try to do this <laughs> so the main the main what? one it's like see i'm even having trouble thinking which is the lead when it rains it snows right and then oh, linnell's going like when it rains, it snows. And then the other, I think it's another Linnell, like a lower Linnell is like, when it rains, yeah. it snows. So you like smash those three together. and the, But each part of it is doing something really yeah. melodic and interesting and they blend so well. And it's kind of rare you hear on one of their albums, three-part complex harmony. Like in Dr. Worm, they're doing a three-part ah. They're just going like, worm, worm, but... Mesopotamians is another one. Yeah, but to do the whole, but to really be singing the lyrics along is is a hard thing to coordinate. I've tried to do that with with people before, and it's really you really get tripped up because you'll you'll start doing what they're doing, you'll forget what you're supposed I to do. I imagine it's the same uh, brain space that's trying to sing and play something different. Yeah, yeah. It's, you it's, really have to separate parts of your brain to do it. Yeah, but I think one way to achieve that is to make that harmony such a great melody in mm-hmm. itself that you can kind of do it. And that's that's what happens with this song for me. It also has great verse harmonies. Yeah, yeah. There's a note on the door that I Let's do it. No, no, do it. Okay. I don't, I don't know. Sing the main one. Sing there's, there's, a not, there's a note on the door. Try it. Let's just try it. Two. There's a note on the door that I would see And the furniture's barely been moved from where it was There's a note on the door And the note would say when it rains it snows Oh, beautiful. Oh my God. Guys, exclusive. Uh, that was fun. See, me. it's fun to do harmonies. Now we get why John and John have so much fun. I'm incredibly uncomfortable, but we'll see. Oh, I think that was beautiful. Um, so, so Dave, I think you want to talk about the, the final verse in the song, don't you? There's a nut with a shotgun, bang, bang, bang. There's a doctor, a waitress, a fireman with a hat. There's a nut with a gun. There's enough so they'll never know which one. 
Well, it's a murder mystery, right? <laughs> it's a murder. And the murderer is the I think it's the nut with a gun, but like it, it could <laughs> be the it could be the waitress. I mean, maybe she didn't get a good tip that day and I don't know. I'd never nuts. trust firemen. <laughs> I had a fireman, a bunch of firemen yelled at me a, a, a few months ago. Did yeah, I tell you, you about that? Probably it was, deserved it. it was yeah, horrible. you did. Oh, that was like a traumatic experience. I mean, maybe that's overdoing it, but it was, <laughs> it really made me hate firemen for at least a few weeks. <laughs> I think I'm over it now though. Maybe. Any, any firemen uh, listen to the podcast? We're just joking. Why do you yell at me? <laughs> so do you want to, um, yeah, talk about, talk about this verse, Dave. This verse yeah, isn't the- creepy. <laughs> <laughs> well, the line, there's enough, so they'll never know which one, is, yeah. again, more great songwriting. So basically, it's about having a bunch of suspects where something heinous went down, right? I mean, yeah, can we yeah. All, can we all agree on that, at least? Do you think there's enough nuts with guns that they'll never know which one, or that there's just enough... Enough, enough hap- suspects. Enough suspects or yeah. enough happening in the scene. I think the nut with the shotgun is a red herring. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've kind of thought that, too. Yeah, I told you. It's the fucking I think fireman. it's the fucking <laughs> smiley face mailman that fucking killed everyone. Yeah. God. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot to unpack. Yeah. So it's like kind of an Agatha Christie novel. <laughs> yeah. But but even the thing of sing-songingly saying bang, bang, bang oh, in, this, yeah. in this quiet, soft yeah. way and bang, bang, bang. I mean... Even us singing these harmonies were incredibly creepy. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was getting a little... I mean, I was getting kind of excited, but... I could see. The... <laughs> the um, Talking about erections. I mean, this is really... We're really through, like, the... the this is this is pure terror stuff. I, <laughs> I feel the saying: "There's a nut with a shotgun." Bang, bang, bang. It's morbidly funny. Yeah, there's something about it that's so. Say, saying "bang, bang, bang" is like what a little kid yeah. would imitate a gun in that yeah. way, right? It'd be just you know, it's but but applying that to something that you know conceivably is happening mm-hmm. in reality in the song is that someone is firing in a. I guess where where would this be? I guess a waitress. It could be a diner, and this diner could have a doctor and a fireman and in, in, yeah. <laughs> in the different booths. Um, but in general, just yeah, there's enough so they'll never know which one. Saying you'll never know is is so scary. And also like tying this to the first verses. I mean, he's not home because he's mm-hmm. in this scene. I assume, right? So a lot of they might be giant songs. Newsflash are from the point of view of corpses, which we've talked about, and we're probably going right. to keep talking about. Well, I was wondering if this whole thing he couldn't see because he's dead. Yeah, he's not at home because he's been dead. murdered. Right. And when it rains and snows, you know what we haven't talked about is I wonder why. Mm. He's you know that's kind of like an existential like questioning kind of thing. Like why does this happen? And now I know that when it rains it snows. There is no reason. Bad things happen to good people. When it rains, it snows. I wonder why. And now I know that when it rains, it snows. It's almost like just answering its own question with its own question. Mm Because he's saying... He wants to know why when it rains, it snows. And he goes, now I know that it's because when it rains, it snows. The answer is because it's, because it's it, the answer. Yeah. Which makes the song even scary. I think we've made it even This scarier. song is like a huge Ouroboros. I think that's what it's called. A snake eating its Uro, own tail. Ouroboros. <laughs> this song's a huge Ouroboros. Who's that? I was hoping we could eat at Ouroboros after this, Dave. <laughs> uh, Ouroboros. Yeah. 
a snake eating its own tail around the world, which I love. I love that imagery. And yeah, and they might be giant songs that do that are, they really stick yeah, out. I palindrome mine. Yeah. yeah um, it's, it's great. This is one of their best songs. I mean, we've said this a few times. This uh, <laughs> album has tons of their like, not just best songs because it's like, oh, the melody's so great, the lyrics are, but just like, just notable, like the character of the band is like in full force. Because when there's a They Might Be a Giant song that I'm not crazy about in the future episodes, well, it's more like I'm feeling like it just doesn't feel like something they should do or that they would have done. Like it feels, it feels not, not pushed far enough. I don't know. It just feels like out of, out of character, but all the songs sure. that miscellaneous T feel very in character for They Might Be Giants. And that happened. I mean, that happens with a lot of bands where yeah. they do stuff that's a little stock, you know? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> um, but so so that's when. What do, you, what do you think of that incredibly uncomfortable pause? Oh my god, we that, didn't talk about the pause. Um, that see, that's just like yeah, it's like a deathly silence. Um, it's kind of like the Sopranos ending. It's just like yeah. a it's like a, a gap that a silence that's put in there for you to be for you to think of it. Because the thing about that is that you're. It's not that the song's over. Just as like with Sopranos, it's not that the episode's oh, over. Spoiler alert, I guess. It's that you're you're trapped in the confines of the song and you're forced to listen to the silence. And you're trapped in your own mind too, listening to the silence. Yeah, yeah, it makes you. It you, makes you have to you, sit with yourself yeah. as much as the song. <laughs> it's great. I, I mean, that's that's like a great. Actually, someone did a tweet recently, like, "What's one of your favorite um, stops in a song?" That I did see. You saw that. I don't catch all of the things on Twitter, but, but that I saw. I tweeted saying, "The middle of when it rains, it snows is, yeah. is one of the best stops in a song because it's it's way too long." Yeah. And uh, but it's not so long that it becomes like a, a joke. Right. It's just it's not the novelty. It's just some a little too long. Um, it's just slightly uncomfortably too long. Yeah, it's kind of like the the silences that me and Dave have. And the next song is track 17, We're the Replacements. This is another single, right? I mean, you think this I, this should be a single? Interesting. Is it what? What are you? What's, what's your general opinion on the song? It's just super catchy. Um, yeah, it's a really good pop song. I always thought. Well, okay, I, we might disagree a little. Mm-hmm. I, well, I love it. I mean, look, I love all these songs, but uh, I thought that I always thought part of the joke was that it's kind of it's such a what they what the music people call one four five mm-hmm. it's very well that's why i said it was a single <laughs> yeah there you go yeah. yeah the idea is that it's just it's blitzkrieg bop <laughs> it's yeah, many many songs exactly 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 um i guess i thought it was too much like that mm-hmm. that it's not as um whereas like it's not my birthday is like this winding melody that's still so mm-hmm. catchy or this is more just like what's the dumbest <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not not oh, in a bad way. A little bit, but then there's a couple of things that kind of in, invert that. Okay, that well, let's, we'll talk about that. I don't so, want to jump ahead. <laughs> so right away, there's a lot to talk about with this song, actually. The Replacements are a band. Yes. Confirm or dispel a rumor, were you the roadies for The Replacements? 
No, we were not the roadies for the replacements. Um, that was announced on MTV as fact for a couple of weeks uh, when we had a video in rotation on MTV. And so it's kind of one of those urban legends that, in fact, you know, you, you're getting a kind of media confirmation that, um, you know, I mean, the BJ gets up there and goes, here's a video from a couple of guys who were roadies for the replacements. <laughs> and it's very difficult to uh, persuade people that that, in fact, is not true. Um, we hope someday to be roadies for the replacements. It would be really interesting, and we're hoping that when uh, that replacements reunion tour starts that we'll get the call. I, I personally could be uh, the guitar tech for either of those guys. But this song is not about them. This song is not about them, but it does <laughs> reference them pretty specifically, which uh -huh. I'll talk about. So, okay. So, <laughs> The Replacements are a band that I, I have listened to a, a bunch, and not just for this, but one time I woke up to this wonderful song. For, I want to start out by giving a shout out to like a really good replacement song, because I, okay. I think it's in the spirit of things. Let's do it. One time on the radio, I, li I, I listened to WFUV, and they, they play tons of stuff that I like. I always wake up to like talking heads. I've woken up to They Might Be Giants. I've woke Birdhouse usually. Mm -hmm. I wake up to all these bands I like. And one time I woke up to this song that I instantly loved. Like it was a very rare moment. That doesn't happen a lot. Um, but I woke up and I was like, what is this? This song is like, just the song is like my, exactly what I feel right now. And it was like, that was The Replacements. And mm. it's a song called Swinging Party. Do you know it? No. I'll play you a little of it. Um, Please. Just, just so you're not in the dark. I wake up to my iPhone. Imagine like waking up to this. It's just like so relaxing. It's great. So uh, a song that I, I I kind of gather is just about having a, a bad time at a party, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is something I connect with uh, quite strongly and, and have many songs about. I um, have one. Yeah, <laughs> you do. It's great. Uh, what's the name? Say the name because uh, I love the name. It ain't a party till you leave it. Exactly. Hell yeah, brother. And I'm currently, not to sidetrack too much, but I'm currently working on an entire album called Party Guy that's all about songs. It's all songs about wanting to leave a party <laughs> that you're at or having some sort of a bad time at yeah. a party. I'm super proud of this album, by the way. I'm very excited about it. But um, Keep so, me posted. Yeah, I will. So that I love that song. But what's funny about that song is it's not at all like what the replacements are mostly mm -hmm. like as far as I, the other albums I've heard. So I was going to ask, do the replacements typically sound, would you say, how this song sounds? No, so so this song, okay. Or is it not stylistically totally com comparable? Yeah, it's not except for a few little moments. But so this, this kind of ties to what we talked about again with, with the um, this album, which is... The idea of like covering like Lady is a Tramp in this weird TMBG-ish way and all that stuff. This is kind of like taking the replacements, but um, turning them into They Might Be Giants mm -hmm. so that it becomes more bright and poppy. I can tell you, like they have a song called Gary's Got a Boner. I'll play it for you now, Dave. <laughs>
sounds like a boner. So that sounds like a very, very light version of Motorhead. <laughs> okay. Can you see that? No, I don't know Motorhead very well. But um, right. The thing about the replacements is is in, they were very, very young. So they're, they're, they sound young. One of the members of the band was twelve when they started. What? Is that illegal? <laughs> I actually was trying to find early live footage of them to see that. And I only saw one a few years after. So he's like 15. So he, he kind of looks tall. Like he went through puberty. I don't think you're allowed to use a microphone if you're 12. So a fine band of young men, the replacements. No, we were not roadies for the replacements as reported on the information source MTV. So they might be giants being roadies for the replacements. It was just a dumb rumor. I don't even know if it rose to the level of rumor, mm -hmm. just something someone said. So that, so that I have a few clips of Flansburg talking about that. And then I've also got, so the replacements, the lead singer and guitarist is Paul Westerberg. And I did find this little, this little mention of him in this one live show. We figured out this sing-along song. Easy to sing because the melody is written on your spine. This song is called, And I Hope That I Get Old Before I Die. Relax, don't worry. People at home, if you just stare into your radio, you'll be able to see these big cards being held by Mr. Paul Westerberg. Let's have a big round of applause for Paul Westerberg, ladies and gentlemen. We can't believe you made it here. Thank you, you so folks much. at home. You'll just have to wish you were here. So I thought that was a cool find. I was listening to a lot of replacement songs from around mis um, when Rear the Replacements was, mm -hmm. like the late 80s, mid 80s, 86, 87. A lot of their songs, I'll, I'll characterize them as like, it sounds like the singer is like just screaming his yeah. lung, like his throat is getting shredded. He, sound, he does sound young. He sounds like a younger guy going like, ah! <laughs> there is like a rawness to it that again, it makes that they might be giants version of them or if that's what even is happening, even funnier. The one moment in the song, not to, I guess we'll skip ahead, but the one moment, you know, when Linnell goes, I don't yeah, wanna. Yeah. You sort of even heard at the beginning of Gary's Got a Boner, they do a lot of like off mic kind of yelling. Uh. <laughs> The other thing that they do, him saying, hey, where's Tommy? Someone find Tommy. Mm -hmm. Hey, where's Tommy? Someone find Tommy. We're out on the road. Moving equipment. Where's the equipment? Soon we're going home. They have, as you can see in Gary's Got a Boner, I'm going to say that sentence as many times you as like I can. You like that title. I have full rights to say those words because it's about what we're talking about. But in, in Gary's Got a Boner, uh, I just want to make this clear. There's a song called Gary's Got a Boner, but you, <laughs> you can see that they use the name Gary. They use their names in songs is my point, mm -hmm. Dave. I know I'm distracting you with the boner talk, but um, they use- You're distracting me with your boner. They use, they use the, band's, the band members' names in songs all the time. So saying, hey, where's Tommy? Someone yeah. find Tommy. That's like a direct reference right. that they're doing saying like, oh, you know how they do this? Because there's another song. I'll, I'll play you this one. They have a song called I Hate Music. That, me, me too. <laughs> this song's really funny, actually. So they have a song called I Hate Music where they mention Tommy in the lyrics. I hate music. It's got too many notes. In my high school, sometimes I went. Hate music, man, I never have a sound. Tommy said so. Tommy said so. Tommy said so. 
Okay, this really sounds like Motorhead. These guys were influenced by Motorhead. The name of the album is Sorry Ma Forgot to Take Out the Trash. They're like kids. So saying even though thematically it's not about the band, the replacements, they're referencing them, which is why they're using the replacements. Yeah. So yeah, they've said that it's it's not exactly about the replacements. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's it's them making fun of the replacements, mm-hmm. but I do think maybe a little bit. <laughs> hmm. I think maybe a little bit they are making fun of maybe the, like the naive naivety of the replacements music at that time, like the eighty the early stuff that really does sound like a bunch of kids just like doing kind of dumb mm-hmm. songs, but dumb like I mean there's there's some. There, there is some like wit and like, you know, it's, I'm not dismissing it. It's just like punk, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's doing the, the Tommy thing. And even the end when Linnell says, I, I don't want to, I was going to say the end of shut up sounds like that. That kind of reminded me of I Don't Wanna in the, the They Might Be Giants version. Well, it'd be strange to have a song called We're the Replacements and not... Pretend like you, well, we don't yeah. know what they're replacing. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Um, Which I guess they kind of did. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sort of half in, half out thing. It is, it is. Yeah, exactly. That's a good way of putting it. So there's a few things to talk about. One, um, I think Flansburg wrote this. Mm-hmm. Don't you agree... It seems like a rock song. He likes to rock. Um, not so much for because of that, but more because he's the only one who ever talks about it and what it's about. Okay. And whenever they're asked about the other person's song, they always say, I don't want to speak for John. Oh, okay. So Flansburg has offered up kind of more than usual in terms of what the song, what what they were going for with this song. And I find it like curious that he's the one saying it. Mm-hmm. Like he would, I feel like he wouldn't speak for Linnell in that way. So it does feel like maybe just a, a song that Flansburg wrote. So I guess we should talk a little bit about the genesis of the song. So there's this band that, uh, it was only yesterday that they were in current temporary band. Uh, so uh, we made up the song, but it was sort of like a Hey Hey We're the Monkeys type of song about the band. Uh, and now the band is gone, but the song remains. And it's called Hi, We're the Replacements. Yeah, what is this song about? replacements as a statement about the replaceable nature of touring bands. So Flansburg has said that this is a song about being on the road and playing in a city where another band has just played and that sort of, I don't know, constant grind. Yeah, the and grind. Just and missing sort of a sliding doors I thing. Thought, see, that, that's, that's the most interesting part to me, how he's just like, he said in this, in this quote, which you can read on the, the wiki, he just said how, it's like all these bands are doing, they're all having the same lives and they're yeah. all just, are just missing each other. It's like, they're kind of like these like phantoms that never see each other, but they feel each other's presence. <laughs> right. Mm, ghostly. And, yeah. And he talked about like, just, you see the gra- same graffiti on the walls for like, you know, you'll see the same graffiti all over the world because mm. this one band that's like tours before you is always doing that. Actually, the one thing he said in the quote 
was that they were they were on the road for months behind 10,000 maniacs. Right. So yeah. they just kept like, you know, you're like living their existence. Well, it's weird because you, in one sense, have nothing at all to do with them. But in the other yeah. sense, have like everything to do with them because you've had the same probably shared experience. Talk, yeah, you could probably have a lot of conversations about you know, what's going, what their lives are like. And also, I mean, I guess kind of in a super abstract sense Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, you know, forgive me if I lose people here, but you know, that, that same energy that has walked in and out of places. And I don't know, like when we talked about CBGBs, you know, and when you go in there, there's a feeling that comes over you. Yeah, sure. Maybe that feeling is left over from all the bands that have come before it. On your feet. (laughs) Yeah. That too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I do think the song, it's funny because Flansburg's offered so much about the meaning of this song and it, on the surface, the lyrics are so Very, hilariously yeah. dumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're having a party. I mean, it's like if I were to tell you there's a new They Might Be Giants song coming out and the lyrics are, we're having a good time, we're having a good time, we're going to have a party, you'd be like, oh no, (laughs) (laughs) what the hell happened? But what's funny is it's such a genius song because the concept of this repetitive nature on the road and just missing each other and all these things is being played out through these repetitive lyrics that are very um, generic they're all like placeholder lyrics. Yeah. So the idea is that any band could kind of have a song that says, hey, we're having a party. Mm-hmm. And it's just like people dance along to it because it's just like, that's all you need. Like there was a guy in SNL musical guest recently. The whole song was just him saying, we're going to have a good time. We're going to yeah. have a party. I did. I talked to you about it. Yeah. Maybe he's a genius. And I did an angry tweet about it because mm. whenever I see musical guests on SNL, I get angry. <laughs> well, the thing about musical guests on SNL is I haven't known who they are for the last five years. Well, that, that's like a side thing for sure. And, and it, it kind of, it does add to the frustration because I'm like, <laughs> I haven't heard of this person. But yeah, this guy's lyrics on SNL was literally just, we're, we're having a good time tonight. We're going to party. And I'm just like... And I was saying to my girlfriend, crankily, like, I was just like, wow, how did he fucking think of those lyrics? You know, like, wow, a lot of effort went there. But what's funny is this song has the same (laughs) lyrics, but it's... Maybe he's a They Might Be Giants fan. Yeah, maybe he's doing what they do. But yeah, saying you're going to rock and roll till the break of dawn is hilariously dumb uh, because it's so unlike They Might Be Giants to sing a line. Yeah. And maybe Flansburg thought it would be funny to have Linnell sing these <laughs> lyrics. You know, that could be part of why Linnell's singing it. Well, the line um, when he's screaming out, I don't want to, I think that's a mm-hmm. very important line to have in a song that may seem like it's um, using a lot of lyrics that we've heard before. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. You know, did you know he was saying, I don't want to? Yeah. I didn't know at all. I can hear it. Until very recently, actually. Hmm. No, I thought, and I thought that was like the the key point of the song because it's like undermining the whole song in a very funny way. Like it's saying there's this like rock and roll party lifestyle. Yeah. And then he's like, I don't want to do it. That's it's like funny. Because well, it's not in the official lyrics in the mm-hmm. then I've got the then the earlier years booklet. It's not it's not in those lyrics, so I never knew what he's saying. Mm. And then I think someone must have added it to the wiki. Right. But I 
I could, t- I totally can hear it, but I just, I, I never assumed what I thought it was gibberish. I thought it was blah, 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 blah. And the other line, the, um, the, the part that sticks out to me most actually, besides that line is, um, the whole concept of finding Tommy. Yeah. Um, just from playing in bands. Oh, um, well, yeah, we, we know about this. So yeah, 75% of your gig Mm-hmm. At, at uh at the club is asking where someone else is <laughs> yeah i i can speak personally if um when i had a band or different bands oh my god the show starts in 15 minutes this happened this happened a lot my drummer used to go oh, i'll be right back where are you going <laughs> <laughs> stay where i can see you because yeah. we're about to go on stage oh and like ask, don't leave yeah. Asking where your bandmates are, where this person who was supposed to come is, where your spouse or girlfriend is. My drummer is. once didn't show up. I mean, that was, well, he uh-huh. never, he, that was the end of I it. I guess that was his last gig. That was his last non-gig. Um, um, but my band I had with my girlfriend named, Sa- uh, my girlfriend's not named Sally. The band was named Sally. We had a show and the drummer didn't show up. And it was horrible. I guess it, you were saying that line. And it was the most stress. Yeah. Hey, where's so-and-so? Yeah. And it was really stressful. And we did the show without him, but I was so mad during it that I couldn't even pretend to be so having a good time. That line just really spoke out to me <laughs> for that sense. And I, listen, I've been guilty of being that person who's... Mm. Uh, who people are looking for mostly because I'm peeing before we go on. It just, it would drive me. Maybe it was with you too. It would drive me crazy. Well, Dave my, was my bass player <laughs> and Dave would be like, I'm going to go get a beer. And I'm like, can we just stand on the stage motionless until it's time to go on? Cause I have huge stage fright. And I, I hated the idea of, of straying from where we're supposed to be. I've, I've definitely heard my name being called from the bathroom from stage. Like where's yeah. Dave? Where's, where's Dave? Dave? Uh, we so Dave, do you remember we did a show when our drummer didn't show up? Hmm. So yeah, Dave, the one show that we did is uh, our band's troubles afoot. Um, our drummer did not show up, and yeah, yeah. you know you just played bass and I did <laughs> guitar, and you know it. it maybe it sounded cool to hear the bass and yeah. everything so clearly, but I I just remember feeling like oh man, the life got sucked out of these songs without the drums here. Drums are important, and I was I was pretty mad, um, <laughs> but we made up. But I, I was just like, what the hell happened? Like it's really honestly, it's like my biggest anxiety nightmare is having at that time having a band member not show up to a show. I really think ninety percent of nerves for playing live is just all logistical, just making sure because it's a rehearsed act it's not like it's not like you gotta make up the songs right there it's like you rehearse the songs they'll mostly come out that way but will the equipment work will the pa work will people be there will your bandmates be there it's really stressful i mean i don't really play live anymore part of the reason is i found it to be so stressful and the stage fright would 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 really debilitate me for days Um, though the, the high when you're on stage and after is super fun (laughs) i won't deny that when you've done a good show, yeah. it's really nice. I'm okay with the the stage stuff. Just like I said, the just getting all the logistics down. Once that's done and you're on there, everything everything's cool, man. More about this song, though. Uh, I wanted to talk one thing about a live thing, which is that they did the song really slow. Mm-hmm. Did you hear any of that? No. Um, for some reason, the live version of this song, on and off through the years, was like just way slowed down. Hi, 
Yeah, so the question is why? I would imagine it's like just to really emphasize the because when it's slow, <laughs> it, it's really repetitive sounding. <laughs> it just keeps going. Well, they're really testing the audience's patience there. Yeah, because it it's not like it's a bad song, but it's not the song. That, but come on, it's not the it's not a good candidate for doing really slow. <laughs> Yeah, so I thought that was funny. The only thing, Dave, I have to play for you is when I was a little baby, I made a little cover of this song. This is like, you know, at the peak of my fandom. This is from 1999. So let's go back in time to little, little Jordan trying to make a little quick replacements cover. Yeah, not Good bad. Job. That's actually for that time. I, it's not out of time, and it's not horrible. <laughs> Your voice is very high. Oh, that's that's me, man. That's my voice. If you guys can believe it, it was even uh-huh. more nasal and high. Um, yeah, actually, you, well, you just sound very young. Yeah. How I, old were you there? Ninety nine. I was. You were uh, ninety nine. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. 1999, I was around 15, I think. There you have it. Uh, <laughs> well, Jordan, I was going to surprise you, but here's my cover of... Oh, Rhythm my God. I would love to hear that, actually. Well, I don't think I've ever covered it. They might be giants. Like. Well, that was... So I did that because it was easy. Yeah. It's an easy song. And, I've actually barely covered it. And I songs. was just like, I think I can do that harmony and all that and you stuff. You did it. Yeah, honestly, for that time, my stuff... In 99 is when I started making little recordings like mm. for the first time ever. Like I started experimenting with recordings and track multi-tracking things. And most of my stuff from 99, 2000, like the timing is horrible. <laughs> like every, hard. there's no, I didn't use a metronome. I didn't even really, I mean, I certainly tried to make things not be bad. It's almost impossible without a click track. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. So yeah, I wanted to play that, put a little bit of my little history there. I have a I'll Sing Manhattan recording too, but I'm not going to play it. So that's where the replacements, and there's one more track on Miscellaneous T. And, <laughs> and so much to say about it. So much to say. Um, don't let's start single mix. Well, we had fun here tonight, folks. That's been our show. Goodbye. Okay, we'll talk a little bit about this, uh, but I, we, I don't, I don't know. For some reason, it's just like not fun for me as much <laughs> to talk about these kinds of things. So, I guess you, you probably had the same experience as, as me, which is this is mostly the version you've heard, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The main reason that it's the one we've heard is because it's um, on then the earlier years in place of the original. Don't let's start. Oh, really? Yeah. So I don't know if you even know the, the real Don't Let's Start. I have both. I mean, I have those. I have the pink the pink album, if you want to call it that. And I have Lincoln. And then I have then also. So what's the difference? Uh, the mix is totally different. And the mm-hmm. drums are totally different in uh, sound, not in arrangement. Um, the, the drums on the first. So, okay, we'll go into it a little. The, I guess there is a lot to say. 
the the first Buckle up everyone the first album version the drums are way more dry and fake sounding right okay yes And then on I this, have, yeah. yeah, on this version, there's kind of like a room quality to them. There's, a, they're a little more. Um, I, don't know, I guess they they blend into the background a little more. They're not as upfront. One really big difference, and I, this is this might be the biggest difference, is the sound of the bass. Yeah. So the bass in the original version actually sounds really harsh and kind of insane when you compare it to the the newer mix here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a clip from the first album version and then right after it I'll play the same clip from the single mix and you'll hear the bass is a lot more warmer basically normal sounding and the, the first one is very harsh sounding But this this version is what I got used to hearing because I carried then the earlier years around with me everywhere. Mm. I mean, it was just the most convenient way to listen to as many They Might Be Giant songs as, as I possibly could and on one Discman, you know. Remember Discmans? I remember Discman. He used to show up <laughs> in the middle he of the night. He was the less popular <laughs> Avenger. <laughs> um, but show up in the night. Where were you going with? I was going with the fucking <laughs> Slend- Slender Man yeah. kind of shit. So this version is like when I actually like was re-listening to the actual real version. I was all, I was kind of surprised. Like, whoa, the drums are so fake sounding mm. and a little sillier sounding. Another huge difference is the bass is not present for the bridge for I Don't Want to Live in This World Anymore. And in the single mix, the bass is there and it really changes the sound. So here's another side-by-side comparison. And you'll hear these parts sound totally different, actually. So I actually only noticed this preparing for this episode. Uh, So check this out. The other thing I'm realizing now is in our first album episode of this show, we actually, I used clips from the wrong version. I used clips from the single mix instead of the actual album version due to a mislabeled file that I got from somewhere. Uh, So it's not my fault, but I did not notice until now. So correction there. Yeah. But, you know, that's really all I really have to say about this. What do you think of its inclusion in this uh, compilation? Again, I was always a little like, oh, the last track is a song I've heard a million times that I know already. And I guess when I was younger, I didn't appreciate the subtle mix differences. (laughs) Honestly, it is true, being someone who's now done tons of music mixing, it it is a little (laughs) more interesting to me. Um, But it's, you know, it's again, it's not like, it's not something we have tons of, of... things to say about if you want to hear about don't let's start refer to episode two that's right where we talked a lot about it we talked a lot about the actual song don't let's start if you're listening out of order which some of you guys do yeah i feel like that's when the podcast really became something that unhinged people should (laughs) listen to (laughs) 
Well, folks, that's been miscellaneous tea. Oh, my God. I'd like to talk for another hour or so if you guys were okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> miscellaneous tea, it's it's a compilation that I, I truly love. Um, these songs are have always been extremely special to me. I hope you enjoyed our journey. Some of my favorite songs, some of Jordan's favorite songs. Yeah, yeah. Miscellaneous Tea is for you and me. And this album goes really fast. Like when listening to it for mm-hmm. the past few weeks, um, I was just like, yeah, it's over already. Damn it, you know? Yeah, a lot of the songs are pretty short. They're short, but they don't feel... Sh- That's what's weird. Like in, in my memory or in my thinking about them, they don't feel like really short songs. Yeah. They feel like full songs. But But then when you play it, it's like, what the hell? I think I'm still kind of thinking of when it rains, it snows, to be honest. Because <laughs> yeah. when we talked about that and the way we framed it, I, I like it even more. I feel more like now. the the smiling, the smiley face man and the... I'm kind of stuck on that now. The scarecrow from Where Your Eyes Don't Go are probably f- doing some stuff together. Um, so, so we wanted to say something important, which was please follow us on Twitter at don't let's pod. I'm going to be putting up some fun miscellaneous tea related material. Sure. Sure. There. Um, and you know, if you have any, if you have any questions like responding to the stuff we talked about in the episode and you want me to post it on Twitter, like I'll, I'll do it. I'll put up whatever you, you want to hear or, or look at or whatever. And you can email us at don't let's start podcast at gmail.com. And we'll probably read it and respond to you. Probably. I, I enjoy doing that. I yeah. think it's fun. Um, please, uh, this is something we don't ask for too much, but please give us a rating on iTunes. Like if you're listening sure. right now and you're holding your phone, all you have to do is click the little five star thing. Yeah. And, and we only ask for five stars, <laughs> no less, but it would be really helpful yeah. because I do think that is some sort of an algorithm thing, which is like yeah. what, like how podcasts get listed. So right. that, I think so too. I'm still not hundred percent sure why it's important, but I know it is. I'm not sure. You know, it, it gives, makes me feel nice when I see we've got a new good, too. good rating. It at least makes us know that someone was listening. It is appreciative. Yeah, it is. A lot of it, it feels like it goes out in a vacuum. Like we yeah. get a few emails and, and uh, here and there, obviously, but it is a weird feeling like putting this out there. So, so yeah, please do that. If you want to support this podcast, uh, and I think you know what I mean, <laughs> you could um, go to our home base at anchor.fm slash don't let's start. Uh, and there's a little purple button with a little dollar sign and you have some options there. Yeah. And we only ask if you are able to, you know, we know, we know what times are like <laughs> these days, Bad. but yeah, but if you, if you are ready, willing and able and you, you really, so you, you like what we're doing, uh, it, it would be kind of mind blowing for us. I mean, yes. we're insanely appreciative. A, a couple nice. people have, and yes. it's, I still can't believe it. Even. Yes. I mean, and those people are great. Yeah. And those people are getting something really special. Special, yes. which is gratitude yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is thank you so much from us next up we're gonna we're gonna i won't give it away but we're gonna cover more of the 80s material we're, we're not done with the 80s yet it's yes. it's it's kind of but not yet it's like the stranger things of of podcasts we're, we're just gonna it's what they tell me. we're just gonna be trapped in the 80s until we blow our brains out <laughs> and um dave you you look like you have you look you look a little puzzled like you want to say something but what is it well, I can't explain it, because I don't know what it is. Let's get those missiles ready to destroy the universe! There's been a spacecraft sighted Flying high above the sky Sirens declare there's one among us From Venus 
volunteer. We need volunteers. Soldiers who need them. Have no fear. Have no fear. You will be killed right away. I will take the girl from Venus. Flowers die and so will I. I will kiss the girl from Venus. Of course I am. I'm so brave. I'm so brave. I'll be her love slave. He's so brave. He's so brave. He'll be her love slave forever. Yes! I will take the girl from Venus. Flowers die and so will I. I will kiss 